Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to pick up uh, from our message this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, praise the Lord. Verse number 6 says, however we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden, now you'll notice that next word wisdom, like I pointed out this morning, is in italics, which means it's not in the original Greek text at all. The translators added that, hoping to, to be helpful. And a lot of times they are, but sometimes they're not. And, uh, and like I said this morning, if they can insert a word that's not in the text, I can too. <laughs> it wouldn't do any disservice to the word of God because I'm not changing the Bible. I'm just changing man's fill-ins. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden mystery. That's what I think it's referring to, the hidden mystery which God ordained before the ages to our glory. Now, the reason I, I say that it's, that it's the hidden uh, mystery, if you go on over to Ephesians chapter 3, glory to God. <coughs> Verse 9 says, chapter 3, verse 9 says, To make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, the mystery, the mystery which has been hidden from the eight, hidden uh, in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's the mystery that's been hidden. And like I said this morning, uh, you know, go back to, I, I kept my place here in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 2. You probably should do that. Go back there. And then if you just go back to the previous page in Romans chapter 16, it says in the latter part of verse 25, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. We found in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 that this hidden mystery was ordained before the ages, before the ages for our glory, and here it says kept hidden since the world began, or kept secret, I should say, since the world began. If, if Ephesians, uh, you don't have to turn there, but back in Ephesians 3, first verse uh, 5, it says in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, or known to mankind. Well, I asked this morning, what was, what's the big deal? Why would this be such a guarded secret that God would esteem this so important that he had to hide it? It was something that he planned before time began. Other scriptures say here in, we, in Ephesians 3, before the ages. And uh, it was kept secret from men. And from generations, since, since, since time began. Well, time didn't always exist. You know, time began 
when God started calling time. He said, this is the day and this is the night and this is the separation of the two. That's when time began. And uh, it's been kept secret throughout mankind until the dawn of the church. That's when it was revealed. Once Christ had been crucified, raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, God called a man named Saul on the way to, to Damascus and just stopped him in his tracks. And the Bible says that he chose him to bring these truths out. Glory to God. And they, and they were given for our glory. Notice verse uh, 2, verse 7. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden mystery which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Then he goes on to say, why is it such a big deal? Why was it hidden? He goes on to say, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Now he's not talking about Pilate and Caesar. He's talking about the rulers of the darkness of this age. None of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know, when you read the Bible, you can tell that uh, Pilate didn't want to crucify Christ. He didn't want anything to do with it. But he was so manipulated by the mob who were inspired by the devil. It really was the devil that was responsible for the crucifixion of Christ. And, and had the rulers of this age known what was happening, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so the Lord had to keep it secret from men and from the spiritual powers. None of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man. The things which God has revealed to those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Uh, we talked this morning, go over again. We'll just pick up here where we were in Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, about something that is the, the uh, one of the purposes that, that is ongoing right now. That's being played out, I should say, right now. In verse 8, Paul said, this is Ephesians 3, 8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship or the stewardship of the mystery. Which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. I was talking about that this morning right at the end. Everything that God created, he created through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ didn't come on the scene until all these things were created. But see, God works ahead of time. Because he works in a realm that, uh, that we don't know anything about really. Amen. He had... He had uh, the reality of Christ existed before Jesus took on the form of a man. And all that, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, was, was ordained to do had already been prepared for him before he was ever birthed in Bethlehem. Amen. He says, uh, to the intent that now, not later, now, to the intent right now, during the church age, right now tonight, the manifold wisdom of God, the many-sided 
many-faceted wisdom of God. God's wisdom is so magnificent. There are so many sides to God's wisdom. And the devil wanted to acquire all of this wisdom. And he was given a great deal of wisdom. But it wasn't enough. He wanted more. He wanted to exalt himself higher than he should have been. And his, his lust for wisdom uh, resulted in his downfall. Wisdom and power and so forth. And uh, he, can, he led a rebellion in heaven. Maybe we'll, we'll try to get into this in a minute. He, he led a rebellion in heaven. And uh, the, book of, uh, the book of Revelation, the 12th chapter, we'll go over there. I said this this morning that, that there was a war in heaven. And some of you looked at me kind of like, what? In the 12th chapter of, of uh, Revelation, John is seeing a vision. He's seeing in the spirit. And, it's, and he, what he saw was, he says in, starts in verse 1, a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. That must have been quite a vision. He said, then being with child, she cried out in labor in pain to give birth. And another, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon. Now, here the devil is... is, is uh, uh, depicted as being very, very scary looking. But uh, Lucifer in his original uh, creation was the most beautiful creature that's ever existed. The most beautiful creature that ever existed. But here his nature is, is depicted as a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads, crowns. Because Lucifer has uh, a great deal of authority uh, that was given to him when he was created. His tail threw a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. The dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child, that's Christ, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was called up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. That's during the latter part of the tribulation. And still he's seeing this vision and, and visions don't always just run chronologically. Uh, if you've read the book of Revelation, you know, there's a lot of imagery that, that suddenly just appears and then switches to something else. So he's seeing this, this vision. Then war broke out in heaven. Now this is, this is looking back. Uh, a lot of times the prof prophetic scriptures are that way. They'll be describing one thing and then suddenly the time frame will switch and they'll switch back to a previous time or to a far distant future time. So uh, he's seeing all this unfold and then suddenly the time frame changes. And this is, this is back before 
the creation of, of man through Adam, the descendants of Adam. Said war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the work, to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So Lucifer led a rebellion in heaven and on the earth. Lucifer evidently, we can't say for 100% certain, but the indications are that before modern man created the beginning, the, the, the head of, of, of our natural creation was Adam. Before the time of Adam, the earth existed long before then. And evidently, we can't just be dogmatic about it, but there's enough scripture that that certainly points in that direction and it fills in a lot of gaps. There are a lot of things in the scriptures that in, in this arena that can't be explained until you see that. And though you can't prove it ironcladly, it sure it sure makes things fit together very well. So there was evidently a, a uh, civilization on the earth. And Lucifer reigned here on the earth. This was, this was between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. Okay? And he was in heaven. He had access to heaven, but he had access to the earth. He went back and forth. So he deceived the inhabitants of the earth at that time, those beings that were here, to uh, go along with him, but more importantly, he deceived some of the angels in heaven when he saw that it wasn't going to be all about him. It was going to be all about Christ, and 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 evidently, when he when he realized that, he concocted this rebellion, and and uh, he exalted himself or tried to exalt himself. Said, "I will exalt myself above the stars of heaven. I'll be like the Most High." Well, you know, I'll be like God. Isn't that what he told Eve? He said, God knows that the day you eat of this, you'll be like him. So he tempted Eve with the same things that were, that were his downfall. And so he, wore, he, he led this rebellion in heaven and war broke out in heaven. Think about that. Good old heaven. You know, heart playing heaven, you know, real peaceful heaven where nothing's wrong, everything's right. War broke out in heaven. That's pretty amazing. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, Lucifer, and Lucifer and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Praise God. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then while, while John is seeing this, while this is unfolding, suddenly he hears a, a, a sound that interrupts the vision, takes his attention off the vision. 
He said, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. This voice from heaven interrupted this vision from heaven. (laughs) Glory to God. You know, I've had the Lord be talking to me about one thing and then suddenly start talking to me about something else. It's okay when he interrupts himself. Amen. He suddenly heard this loud voice from heaven and saying that that salvation has come. Glory to God. Oh, praise the Lord. And then verse 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives to the end or to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to you, the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has short time. And when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was, was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half times from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. He went out to make war with the rest of her offspring to keep the, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is talking about the, 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 the people who will turn to Christ during the tribulation period. Most, most notably are, are, are the most of whom are Jews who during the tribulation will turn to Christ. And it says that, that, uh, that, that they do not love their life to the end. They overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So he's, he's talking about tribulation saints who, when they receive Christ, they become saints of God. Okay. They become the people of God. Uh, now concerning this business of Michael and his angels fighting with the dragon and his angels, it, it was a struggle. It was not a walk in the park. Warfare took place. And it was a a powerful battle. Because the serpent or, or the devil, Lucifer and his angels, are not weak. Go over to... Uh, Go over to Isaiah, or excuse me, go over to Ezekiel. No, let's, let's start in Isaiah. Go to Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. We'll, we'll look at Ezekiel 28 in a minute. Isaiah 14. Verse 12 says, Oh, how you are fallen from heaven. We just, we just read about the war that took out took place in heaven this is the result of that how you are fallen from heaven o lucifer son of the morning how you are cut down to the ground who weakened the nations for you have said in your heart i will ascend into heaven i will exalt my throne above the stars of god so evidently lucifer had a throne below the thar- the, the stars of god okay he said, I will ascend into heaven. Now, he had access into, in heaven, but his throne was on the earth. 
He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So he had a throne. That means he reigned. We saw in the, in the picture in Revelation that, uh, that he had these ten heads and crowns, diadems on each one of these heads. Because he reigned. He had an earthly kingdom and he reigned. We know it was not in heaven because he said, I'll ascend into heaven. Okay? I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. I mentioned that this morning. He wanted to be the, the, the focus of the worship of heaven. On the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to, to hell, Sheol is hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. So this is, this is talking about Lucifer's uh, uh, exalted opinion of himself and what he tried to do. Now go over with me to uh, Ezekiel and look at the 28th chapter of Ezekiel. Verse 11 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord. Now this, this king of Tyre was not a man. Earlier in the chapter, he, he had a word for the prince of Tyre, which was a man who uh, was influenced the, by the devil and had some characteristics of the devil. But this is talking about uh, the devil. And you'll see this because it has to be. No one else would, would fit this description. So he's talking about the king of Tyre. He's he's simply pointing out that natural kingdoms are influenced by spiritual kingdoms. Amen. And so the prince of Tyre, the natural earthly leader over Tyre, had been influenced by the devil. And he's referred to as the king of Tyre. Son of man, take up, up, up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now this isn't Adam's Eden. This was a previous Eden. Where do you suppose it was? On the earth. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, diamond, barrel, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. Now, the reason we know this isn't Adam's Eden is because when the devil showed up in Adam and Eve's Eden, he was already a fallen creature. Here he's not a fallen creature. You see that? When he shows up in Genesis, he's already uh, uh, the serpent. Now, when he, when he came to Eve, he didn't... The, he what. A lot of times in movies, they'll, they'll depict, you know, the temptation of, of Eve and they'll show this snake slithering up and then there'll be this real creepy voice. It's a real maniacal, creepy voice and it's supposedly coming from the snake. He wasn't on his belly until after he attempted Eve and, 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 and Adam and Eve sin and God judged him and said, now from this time forward, you're going to go on your belly. So he was, he was uh, more beautiful and more awesome than all of the beasts of the field, the Bible says. So he was, a, he was an upright creature. And, and uh, Lucifer took his, Satan took the voice of that creature and talked to Eve. Okay? So so uh, said, you are the seal of perfection. Let's go back to verse 12. Full of wisdom, 
perfect in beauty. You're in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone, we list the stones, was prepared. Well, go back to verse, the latter part of this, uh, verse 13. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. So apparently, uh, Lucifer in his original creation had as part of his created being, he had, he, he had instruments of music created in him. So, uh, you can see to, from the beginning of man's, uh, existence on the earth, how the devil has tried to work through music. He continues to work through music today because that's, that's part of, of the purview. That's part of what was given him. Some people, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I, I wouldn't deny it. Some people believe that, that, that Lucifer led worship in heaven. Only thing was he wanted to be worshiped. Now, now he wasn't corrupt for a long time. He was, he was fine for a long time, but then when he got lifted up in pride, he, he, iniquity was found in him. We read about this here. It said that your work, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So this, this anointed cherub, probably the highest ranking cherub, probably the highest ranking of all of God's creation. Uh, he was one, one author I read after said that, that he described him as being the, 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 uh, how did he say it? The vice, I think he said the vice regent of heaven, just under, under God himself. It's how influential he was. It's how much power he had. And it says that he was full of wisdom. So he had knowledge of the plans and the, and the wisdom of God and the counsel of God more so than any other created being. Thank God one thing was hidden from him. He knew, he did know that, that Christ would eventually reign, but he didn't know the extent of it. Now, uh, verse 16 says, by the abundance of your trading, I think the older King James says your merchandise, is that right? By the abundance of your merchandise, the new King James says your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Now, I don't, I don't have any insight into what this trading or this merchandising uh, amounted to. I don't know who he was trading with. He goes on in, in verse number 18. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. So evidently, Lucifer had some degree of commerce going on. Uh, I suppose with, with the other uh, created beings, the other of his angels. But it turned, it turned iniquitous. And so often business does. The love of money, the Bible says, is a root of all evil. And it says here in verse 
16, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence. I tell you what, people will kill over money. We know that to be true. Well, it's, it's not a new phenomenon. He was filled with violence by the abundance of his trading, training, uh, of his trading and sin. Therefore, God is speaking. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. This is what Jesus was referring to when he said, oh yes, I beheld Lucifer. I beheld Satan fall from heaven like a light. That's what he was referring to. Jesus saw it. See, God, uh, God didn't, didn't directly He cast him out, but only until Michael and the other angels subdued him. He let this war play out. God did. He let this war play out. And whenever the, whenever God's good angels defeated Lucifer and his angels, once they prevailed over them, then God threw him out. But he let that war go on. Isn't that strange? Well, it happened. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You, And we've already read verse 18. Uh, To get a picture of how... uh, of, of Lucifer's stature, even as a fallen personality, even in his falling, fallen condition. We very often find ourselves sort of mocking the devil, calling him old slewfoot and old stupid and so forth. Uh, I understand. I understand because we, we're, we have authority over him. But uh, he is a very awesome creature, even in his fallen state. If you go back over with me to Daniel, look at the 10th chapter of Daniel. Daniel chapter 10. This is a story, we don't have time to read all of it. Daniel was in in prayer and fasting for, for three weeks. And eventually... Uh, he saw this person, this, this man appeared to him. Verse five, I lifted up my eyes and looked. Behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold of euphaz. His, now think about what this man looked like that appeared to Daniel. His body was like beryl. His face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like torches of fire. His arms and his feet burn like burnished bronze in color. And the sounds of his words like the voice of a multitude. Does it remind you of anybody? Sounds like the the description that John saw of Jesus. But it doesn't identify him. I'm just saying it sounds like him. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great uh, terror fell upon them. So that they fled to to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me for my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me 
Now, this was evidently a different person. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the hands of my palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have, become, and I have come because of your words. Now notice, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now that's not an earthly prince. Because, the, because he said, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Well, that couldn't have been an earthly prince, couldn't have withstood this, this, uh, this angel that's speaking to Daniel. He said, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me uh, 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, chief angels, archangels, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. So he gives this, them uh, this revelation. He talks about this. And well, before he does, he, he uh, uh, describes some other things and how he felt and so forth. Uh, then he said, do you know why I've come to you? Verse 20. And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece, Greece will come. The point I'm making is that in the spirit realm, in the heavenlies, here you see uh, Michael and this, and this first prince who's not named, could have been Gabriel, we don't know, had this, this exalted uh, uh, person in heaven had been fighting with the, with the demonic rulers over Persia. And uh, he wasn't prevailing. So Michael was sent to help him. And so he was released and he came and gave uh, Daniel the word that he had been sent to give him. And he says, do you not know, verse 20, why I've come? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. I mentioned this this morning in the book of, of Jude. It talks about the fact that, that Michael, the archangel, disputed, argued with Satan over Moses' body. You remember that Moses, his body was never found. He went up on the mountain and just never came down. And they didn't go looking for him. He had enough of that man, Moses. I mean, he dwelt in the presence of God. Wherever he is, we're going to stay away from it. And so his body was never found. There's a lot of conjecture in the scriptures. Was Moses, you know, taken into heaven like, like uh, Enoch? Uh, we don't know. Was he taken into heaven like Elijah in a chariot of fire? We don't know. We do know this, interestingly, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is uh, uh, suddenly talking to Elijah and Moses. So there's some similarity between them. I'm not making a case. I'm just saying these things make me think. But there's nothing you can prove to say that, that Moses didn't die a natural death. We know he lived 120 years and was strong. So I don't know how he died. <laughs> say he was 120 years old and he was, uh, his natural force was not abated. His eye was not dim. I don't know what happened to him. But something did. And Michael was disputing with with uh, uh, the devil over the body of Moses. 
And it says that Michael, instead of just like we would say, just, you know, flipping him off, so to speak, just, just, you know, just sort of, you know, dismissing him cavalierly because of, because of his respect for who the devil was. He said, the Lord rebuke you. It says, we'll go over there and look at that in, in Jude. It's pretty interesting. Jude. Uh, verse 9. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending, arguing with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses... Notice, dared not bring a a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, one, one reason may be that he was reluctant to bring a reviling accusation was because he didn't have the authority we have. Because... I bring reviling accusations against the devil all the time, and I'm still here. (laughs) He can't do anything about it. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I don't know where I was here. Glory to God. Now, Ephesians 6, now at this time, the intent that is, is now that the manifold wisdom of God may be known in, in the heavenly realms through the church. Do you remember that? Let me get back over there to it. Ephesians 3. Oh, glory. To the intent that now, verse 10 says, that the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. This is the, this is the same principalities and powers that he talks about in chapter six. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wit, wickedness in the heavenly places. That's, that's, that's our place now. God is revealing his manifold wisdom through the church right now uh, by our being nobody, worthy of nothing, being raised up and, and joined to Christ out of, out of the dust, out of the filth of sin, the dust of this earth and the filth of sin and, and the lost condition we were in. The principalities and powers must be going like this. <laughs> what a scene. But it gets better. I know I'm slow breaking this up, but it, it's, there's just a lot to it. Glory to God. There, it gets better. Go with me back to the book of Revelation. We were in the 12th chapter. Let's go over to the 19th chapter. Are you ready to shout? Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I saw heaven open. Verse 11 says, 
Now this is at the end. This is, this is the second coming of Christ, what we're about to read about. At the end of the tribulation period. Not the rapture of the church has already taken place before the tribulation. We're, we've gone to heaven. And we've been at the, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he talks about the marriage supper in earlier in, in verse, uh, chapter 19. Uh, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. Give him glory for the marriage supper of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed. And now everybody notice, take note of the word fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said, see, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the marriage supper of the lamb takes place during the time of the tribulation on the earth. But when that is over, that time of tribulation is over. This is when we have the event called the second coming of Christ, when he comes in power and glory to destroy the enemies of God and to, and to set up his kingdom on the earth. Verse 11 says, I saw a, a heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. <laughs> he was clothed with a robe dripped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the, Now notice this, and the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Who are, who are, who's part, who's in this army? We are. The ones who's, it, it says, it was said in, in chapter 12, remember that, that the, that the, uh, uh, linen garments and so forth were the righteous acts of the saints. This is talking about people who've been redeemed, people who've been born again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The armies in heaven, clothed in white linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword and with it, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness, fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I depicted this morning the, the image of, of a president of the United States, you know, being now he's president elect. He's won the election and suddenly his family's all around him. And boy, they are now somebody. They didn't win squat. Nobody voted for them, but they're right there with, with, with the president. Woo, glory to God. Well, Jesus is the one who's going to come back and destroy the ungodly, but we ride with him. <laughs> we're, we're riding with him. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, glory. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. We get to ride with him. We get to, we get to be his backup choir. Glory to God. Riding with him in judgment over this world. Praise the Lord. 
In the 20th chapter, we have the thousand-year reign of Christ. I saw, uh, this is after the, the, uh, uh, the second coming of Christ, and he sets up his kingdom. Uh, then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the bottomless pit, and a chain, great chain in his hand laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old who is the devil, Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. We get to watch this as, as preferred customers. <laughs> As part of the inner group, the inner body, the inner sanctum. Amen. The ones who are called by his name. The ones that he has, has drawn into himself. And we just get, we just go along for the ride. Glory to God. And they cast the devil into the bottomless pit, shut him up. No, the, the dragon, excuse me, the dragon and, and, and yeah, uh, the serpent of all, who is the devil, that's right. Cast him in the bottomless pit, shut him up, set a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years are finished. But after that, he must be released for a little while. Now, during the, this millennial time, this millennial reign and the devil is bound up, it says, I saw thrones and they sat on them. And judgment was committed to them. We're the they. We're the they. We're, the, we're that, those of that army. That's who he's talking about. Those who were with Christ. It says that thrones, plural, not, not, this isn't God's throne. This is plural, many thrones. I saw thrones and they The children of God, the church, sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads and on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But of the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. And they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. You've heard it most of your spiritual life that we're going to rule and reign with Christ. Well, this is is a picture of this. And the interesting thing is that uh, there are thrones set up. And these people who are ruling and reigning, this is the church and the people who come out of the tribulation who receive Christ, they're they're ruling and reigning with him and they're on thrones. Go back to me, with me to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Dare any of you, verse 1, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the righteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? You ever thought about that? When's that going to take place? Revelation 20, we just read it. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? This is what we have ahead for us. And if the world will be judged by you, are you not unworthy to judge the smallest matters? 
Do you not know that we shall judge angels? I remember when I read that and, and I read it and I thought, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> How should I know that? It's the first time I ever read it. There's really not other, any other explanation of this. We shall judge angels. We shall judge the world. Thrones were set up and sat, were, were set up and they sat on them and judged. Judgment was committed to them. Who else could it be? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Let's go back to Revelations again. Go back to 20, chapter 20. Now, when the thousand, thousand years had, have expired, Satan was, will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which, in the, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. Mankind's slow to learn. Then they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. This is, this is the millennial city of God, of Christ. He went up in the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city. And fire came down from heaven, from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they shall be tormented day and night. We're 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 right there with Christ in all of this. We're we're front row seats and are part of Him. He's at this point. He's still the head. We're still the body, and everything He does, we are part of. Glory to God. My goodness. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Go back to uh, Ephesians chapter 1. We read this verse, but we didn't comment much on it. Ephesians 1. And let's look at... Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made, his grace that is, made, which he made, talking of his grace, to abound toward us in all wisdom and understanding, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. Now notice verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, this is, this, is, this is after the millennial reign of Christ. This is after Lucifer, Satan, is bound forever and in in, in, in cast into the lake of fire. This is after this. In the dispensation of the fullness of times, this is the plan of God. He planned to gather together in one all things in Christ, in union with Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Christ becomes in the mind of God before the foundations of the world. Christ was destined 
for this. This little infant born in Bethlehem in a manger. It was, it was already determined. Glory to God. That he would, that all things in the universe would, would find their, their, their fulfillment. They would, they would find their expression in Christ. And we were the first who trusted in him. Glory to God. When we heard the word of our salvation. Paul's talking about himself. He said, and, and his company. We were the first who trusted. And then he said, and then you trusted in him. That's all in the first chapter of Ephesians here. We're the ones who, who very, we weren't the first, but very early on. By, it, when we were dead in trespasses and sins, worth nothing. Deserve nothing. We responded to a gospel message. When we heard it, faith come up in our heart. And though we didn't understand it, maybe had a lot of doubts in our minds. We said, I'm going to believe this. I'm just going to believe it. I'm going to accept Christ as my Savior. (laughs) And look at the future that we have. Oh, glory to God. It far exceeds And I I say this reverently, don't misunderstand me. The forgiveness of sins and so forth is precious. But it far exceeds just missing hell and making heaven. That's about as far as most Christians see their Christian experience and their value of their salvation is they just don't have to go to hell. They get to go to heaven. Oh boy. (laughs) There's a plan that we are in the center of. That's going to unfold in the, in the, in the splendor of the galaxies and the heavens and, and Christ is going to be the central thing and we're in Him. We're in Him. Glory to God. Oh, glory. Whoo, hallelujah. In, uh, Two, Ephesians 2, 7, we, we've read these scriptures before, but there's, there's so much in them. You have to go back and look at them in layers. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God, God wants and, and plans to use us as a spectacle of his grace. So that through what his kindness to us, somehow the, the angels in the, in, in the heavens, Satan by this time is, is, is dispatched, he's gone. All of the fallen angels are locked away in chains of darkness. There is nothing in, in, in God's kingdom that hurts or, 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 or causes grief anymore. But to all of these angels who, who Peter said they, they desire to look into these things. They, they're baffled by them. Well, he's going to use us throughout the ages to come to bring revelation of how rich his grace is. Lori, didn't you have a translation of that? Did you, do you have that with you? You told me the other night. What? 310? Read, read. Can you? Let, let me give you a. Let me just take. I'll just read it. 
This is Ephesians 3.10. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now that's happening now. But this is going to happen in even a, a greater sense. That's, that's, that is to, to show his power through us to the falling principalities and powers. In, in, in chapter 1 here, he's talking about in the ages to come, he wants to use the church to demonstrate his grace to even the good angels who didn't fall. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know how long that's going to last. The dispensation of the fullness of times. He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which which are on the earth. Ah, Glory to God. But, but eventually, we, we have to wrap this up. We have to stop somewhere. <laughs> Go to first, first Corinthians. I've never taught this before, so this is a little hard for me to do. I'm, I'm awestruck as I'm talking. First Corinthians 15, verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father. When he has put an end to all rule and authority and power. For he must reign till his enemies. So he has put all his enemies under his feet. Remember that? He'll reign until all of his enemies are put under his feet. Remember uh, David saw that? Who is man that that you're mindful of him? And then the Hebrews, it it quotes that and says he will reign until all of his enemies are put under his feet. It's talking about man and yet it's talking about Christ. Well, yeah, it is talking about the man Christ. Glory to God. He must reign till he's put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be defeated is death or destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident That he who put all things under him, the Father, is accepted. Now when he has, when all things are subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. (laughs) The thing that, that I wanted you to see is Lucifer. He had such a, a, a perverse Lust for wisdom. We are the objects of that wisdom that he was never able to get a hold of, that he was never able to participate in. 
We participate in that. Glory to God. Wow. Wow. That's why we read in 1 Corinthians how you see among yourselves not many wise, not many great, not many mighty, not many noble, not many super people, not the beautiful people, not the most powerful people, not the most influential people, but the lowest of the earth. Those who are nothing, and all of us were nothing. Those who were nothing, those are the ones God has chosen. And the devil has to sit back and just take it. <laughs> because he had, he, he feels like he deserved that place. You have it. I have that place that he felt like he deserved to have. We have. Ooh, glory. <laughs> my, 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 my. What else can be said about it? I don't know. I'm sure more could be. Somebody more talented than that I am can say it, but I'm telling you, it is rich. It is rich. We are the recipients of such amazing grace. We sing the song Amazing Grace, and it's a great song. That saved us, but but little do most people realize. We know what he saved us from, but very few people realize what he has saved us to. And what he has planned and prepared for us. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's stand up. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Father, we are. Amazed and humbled in your presence at the magnificence of your plan, of the splendor of your glory that you've shared with us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, like Paul said, that the excellence of the power may may not be of, of us, but of you, Father. You've seen fit to do so much for us. And we've had such, so little to offer you. So little of value, of worth to offer you. But because of your grace and your kindness... We're beginning to see a little bit more. We're beginning to get a little bit more understanding of how deep and how amazing your grace really is. We can't even explain it. Can't even explain it. But somehow in our hearts, somehow our hearts, it, it, it resonates on the inside of our spirit. We not, might not be able to put it into, into words, but Father, we're, we're struck by your love. We're so touched in our hearts as we, when we contemplate what you've done and what you have yet to do. What your plan is yet, how it will yet unfold before the theater of the universe. 
in the in the sight of all of heaven right now right now in the in the darkness of the heavenlies in the the principalities and powers rulers of the darkness of this world wicked spirits in high places they are seeing expressed right now to their utter horror and amazement what you've done for us glory to God and and you've shown us you've given us a little glimpse of what our future is when this life is over and when the when the uh, the the times of the earth changes the seasons change and the age changes we're not left out we're still the center of of your matchless grace we're still on display you've got more kindness more kindness more love more mercy to pour out upon us oh father glory to god lord we pray that we will walk worthy of your calling that we may walk worthy of your calling that we may walk worthy of your calling fully pleasing you glory to God Mm. my 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 Father we pray that that we may be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding That we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in our knowledge of You, strengthened with all might, empowered with all power, according to Your glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, as we give thanks to You, our Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. For you have delivered us from the authority of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of your dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. May we, may we grasp it. May we have this understanding, Father. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but this, this makes me more determined than I've ever been in my life. To walk in the full counsel of God. To have everything that He has made available. To walk in the full measure of whatever He's provided. Glory to God. To run my race, to, 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 to finish the course. Because we all have a part to play. Like I said this morning, like a very intricate, zillion part, you know, huge device that every single part is critical. One part affects it all. We're all like that. Glory to God. Let us be overwhelmed 
in gratitude for his mercy. But let us all be, be given resolve to take up the full armor of God. That's what we're told to do in Ephesians. Take up the full armor of God. Whereby you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the armor of God. Glory to God. And fight our fight. Fight the good fight of faith, Paul said. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody's watching. And it's not just your neighbors. Yeah, people, we, we talk about sometimes people in the church. Yeah, people are watching. Yeah, people are watching. But not just people are watching us. Heaven's watching us. The vanquished, defeated uh, armies of the devil are watching us. The angels of, 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 the good angels of heaven are watching us. And God the Father, he said all of this was according to the good pleasure of his will. He just likes it. He just likes it. He just thinks it's great. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Got anything? Got anything? Huh? Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Such hope and such glory has been given to the church. Such hope and such glory will define your life as you walk in the light of the things that you've seen. As you walk in the light and give heed to the word and listen to the Spirit's voice, as he reveals truth upon truth upon truth to you, you'll walk in that glory and that glory will be manifested and the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you and the hand of the Lord will be upon you and people will see it and the results will cause you to be glad and full of joy. So walk in that glory. Walk in that strength of the Lord. For the time has arrived and now is for you to grow and excel in Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Praise the Lord. You know, I just saw something that's bugged me. The answer to something that's bugged me. I've heard people prophesy about different things and they'd say, now the time has come. And I would always think in my mind, but the time's always been here. Why has it just now come? It comes because God doesn't look at the past. The time has come, forget the past. Today is the day of salvation. Well, it hasn't hasn't always been the day of salvation, but it's today. 
today, when I, when I said that just then, I realized, oh yeah, that's why today is the time. Now's the time. Now's the time for us to walk in these things. The time has come. It might've been yesterday, but we're not living in yesterday. We're living in today and the time has come. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I appreciate that, Lord. That's bugged me for a long time. (laughs) Glory to God. The time has come and it is now. It is now. Praise God to walk in it. Say, well, I haven't done this before. Yeah, but the time has come. It's now. Now the time's come. You can do it because now's the time. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.